Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, per usual. Here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And for the next hour, I will be with you along with a few guests that we got lined up for this evening. So let me go ahead and tee it up for you. What we got on the docket, 15 minutes from now, we're going to be bringing in VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. And like he typically does, we'll be going through the biggest market movements, not only in the NBA, but we've got college hoops. And, of course, we have some hockey. So we'll be hitting all of that with Josh in 15 minutes. Then a half hour from now, how about host of the Los Angeles City Cats, Danielle Alvari, giving us her thoughts on the Lakers and Clippers matchup this evening. A look at the Western Conference futures odds like we touched on yesterday. And we'll talk some Pac-12 Conference tournament odds as well. So that'll be in a half hour with Danielle. Then at the end of the show, 45 minutes from right now, Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL expert, will be dishing out his top plays in hockey for the night. So all of that coming your way throughout the next 60 minutes. I do want to begin naturally. If you've been watching the show, you probably know where we're starting off a preview of the Bulls game tonight and some of the other top games throughout the association. But this Bulls one, of course, has some interest to us here in the Chicagoland area. And like I say, I mean, with these bets specifically that we're looking at with the Bulls, we've been doing fairly decent thus far. So go with what you know and what we know is how to bet these Bulls games. So let's kind of tee this one up for you, tell you where the spread open, where it's moved to, and a couple player props you should be aware of before making a wager. In terms of the opening lines, four and a half is as high as we saw it. That's right, the Bulls were as high as a four and a half point road favorite. This thing has come all the way down to Chicago now just laying a point and a half. Also minus 121 on the money line. Atlanta plus 102 on the buyback. Total open 231. You saw it get to about 232. But now it is once again settled at 231. Slight juice on the over minus 112. When I was talking about this game a couple days ago on the Chicago City cast, I envisioned this thing opening up at a pickup. Now I know and am fully aware that the Bulls have defeated the Hawks three times in that third win coming last Thursday, but I kind of envision this as a tough spot because of how recent they just played them. 
And it's a road spot for the Bulls, a team that really has had a tough job getting or a tough uh, outing getting the job done on the road. They're 15 and 14 with the road record up to this point. And to beat a team and a team that does have some scores four times in a season is a tall order. And the Bulls are coming off a two-game losing streak now to Memphis over the weekend, and they got dismantled at Miami, but they have had two days off in between. Atlanta on the other side, they're coming off a 107-98 loss at Boston the other night, and not only did they lose, they blew a 17-point lead. So a very just destroying loss to the egos, emotions of this Atlanta team. And furthermore, Trey Young got banged up in that game a little bit. Currently, is a game-time decision. I think him and Marcus Smart, if I recall correctly, kind of ran into each other, and Trey Young hurt his ankle. He said it just got more and more stiff throughout the game. He still had a good outing, but look, even if he goes tonight against the Bulls, if we certain he's going to be 100%, that's tough to handicap. But again, he's a game-time decision. More on the injury front. John Collins, the big man for Atlanta, will be out. Okongwu, also another big guy, for the Hawks will be out. So Atlanta could be a little bit banged up in this game, which naturally you would think would be more advantageous to this Bulls team that has already been dealing with a bunch of injuries, and they still have found a way to beat this Atlanta team as well as many other squads. So aside from the Hawks losing three times, what's important is the spread, right? Well, they're 0-3 ATS against Chicago this season, and more importantly, we talk about Trey Young and maybe his limited availability He's really struggled against Chicago this season in relative terms to what we are accustomed to with Trey Young. He's been limited to 23 points per game, but on 33% shooting. If you recall the game last Thursday, Io DeSumo, the rookie phenom from the second round, who's really just been a star for this Bulls team thus far, he shut him down. I mean, I think Trey Young had like 14 points and eight of them came from the free throw line. He only hit like four shots overall. So it was really phenomenal to see what the rookie Io DeSumo could do to limit Trey Young. And especially if you get the same matchup and really not a 100% Trey Young, you got to imagine it's going to be another tough outing for it potentially. But really quick, just to rifle through some of these numbers. Now, the Bulls have taken a decrease in terms of their offense. I mean, they were fourth in offensive points per possession. Now they're sixth. Atlanta is 27th in defensive points per possession. Atlanta not the greatest defending mid-range. That's where the Bulls collectively take most of their shots. Atlanta defensively is 17th defending mid-range shots. Uh, Bulls are fourth in the half-court offense. Hawks are 24th in half-court defense. The big thing here where I see this discrepancy being a huge plus for the Bulls is their second in transition offense, and the Hawks are second worst in transition defense, 29. Now, it's not to say that Atlanta doesn't have any advantages. They're third in offensive points per possession, and the Bulls are 19th defensively. And Atlanta, majority of their shots come from deep. And like we repeatedly say, the Bulls are terrible at defending the three. 28th worst in the NBA. The Hawks are second in half-court offense. Bulls, 20th in half-court defense. Now, the Hawks are not as good in transition as the Bulls are. They're ninth offensively. And the Bulls still really not that good defensively. They're 25th. But I have a lot of faith in where the Bulls can get out early. If it can be in the transition side of things, that will be the way they can win this game. And that's why they lost Miami. They were unable to do it, among many other reasons. John Morant, the Grizzlies, did that way better than the Bulls did in that game. They ended up getting down early, couldn't come back. But with Atlanta on the road, you got to get out to an early lead. you got to push the ball. And they have the athleticism and energy and talent to do so with Zach Levine, with Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., even Vooch follows on some transition plays, and, well, DeRozan can get up every now and then. We've seen some of his slams. 
So if they can do that, that's where the advantage is for this Bulls team. But again, they're in a really weird spot right now. How do they respond? They did have two days off, but the road splits scare me, and Atlanta is finally seeking some revenge against them. So ultimately, I do lean with Chicago in this spot. I'm not going to be making an official play. I'll probably wait till end game. But overall, I think in terms of the money line, I'm going to stay away with the stronger lean going towards Chicago. But let me tell you a bet that I did make for this game involving a player prop. And no, it's not going to be DeMar DeRozan. I'll tell you what that is momentarily. Let's talk about Zach Levine tonight. His points prop was posted up at 22.5 for a decent amount of the day. It's kind of trickled up now to 23.5, but earlier at 22.5, the over was minus 125, and I thought that was a really good spot. And folks, if you're seeing 23.5s out there, I still would venture to bet the over. Levine's averaging 24.5 points per game this season. He has gone over 22.5, which is where I snagged it at, in 34 out of 50 games this season. Versus Atlanta, guys, he's averaging 25 points per game, 54% shooting from the floor, and 52% from beyond the arc. He got 30 points the first go-around against Atlanta. A couple days later, dropped 25. Last Thursday, he dropped 20. But remember, that's when DeRozan dropped 37, and that was Levine's first game back from the long time off with the knee issue. So still a pretty solid performance. And if you know Zach Levine, you know he loves to get to the rim and shoot threes. He was in the three-point competition, and we know he's won the dunk competition. But uh, percentage-wise, 37% of his shot attempts come from three. 33% come at the rim. He's connecting on about 70% at the rim and 40% from beyond the arc. Atlanta, the two weakest parts of their defense, is defending the rim where they're allowing opponents to connect on 66% of their shots. And they're uh, 24th worst defending from beyond the arc where opponents are connecting on 36% of their shots. I think that adds up to a big game out of Zach Levine. And also, like I mentioned, how bad Atlanta is in transition defense. You saw what Levine's done in the past, but more specifically against the Heat, he's looking to push it. He knows he can draw the fouls with his athleticism and dominance down low, and if he can continue to do that in this game, I really think he's going to rack up the points. So even if it's at 23-and-a-half, I would bet it over. I snagged it at 22 in the hook, but I'm thinking we get about 25-plus from Zach Levine tonight. Now, you could look at his three-point attempts at two-and-a-half and look for him to go over in that sense, but he's only gone over that in 24 out of 50 as opposed to his points prop in 34 out of 50 games. But he has gone over that twice versus Atlanta. I know we took him last Thursday with it. We had Bulls money line and also Levine over his three-point prop. He went two of eight, but the other games he made five respectively. So uh, something else to consider if you don't want to do the points. But I do think we get Levine over 22 and 23 and a half points would still play it at 23 and a half. Now, I mentioned DeMar DeRozan. We talk about his prop. I wanted to speak on it because we've seen it at 30 and a half, 31 and a half, and rightfully so, but he's taken kind of a hit, well, at least one game relatively. He got 18 points, his worst performance in quite some time against Miami, but he has thrived against Atlanta. 31 points per game on 63% shooting against the Hawks. Now, his points prop is at 28 and a half tonight. You've seen a little bit of steam go toward the over, but against Atlanta had 35 one game, 20 the next, and then last week had 37. As we know, he loves to shoot it from mid-range. 70% of his shot attempts come from there, and he's making 50%. Atlanta, 17th in defending the mid-range, allowing opponents to make 42% of their shots. So I'd lean over with DeRozan because who knows? He could go off on a tear once again, and seldom will you see it at 28 and a half. But how is he going to respond? 
He said he was happy to end the streak, so there's not as much pressure and expectation. So maybe he feels more loose about it and can go out there and just get back to playing ball. So we'll see. But DeRozan, a shorter prop that you should be aware of at 28.5. Overall, though, I'm riding with Levine over 22.5 points tonight and, again, would still suggest it at 23.5. If you want more info, though, with all the NBA action tonight, be sure to check out VEASAN where JVT has his write-ups and you can hear his podcast, The Hardwood Handicappers. He gives you expert analysis on a daily basis to prepare you for all the games throughout the course of the night for player analysis, props, trends, insight, all that good stuff. JVT has got you covered with one of the most fun leagues to bet. So you can check it out, The Hardwood Handicappers podcast. It's free and available at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast and of course while you're there make sure you catch up on every other decent show as well okay coming up next we're bringing out josh applebaum to go all across the board stick with us Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome 
Welcome back to Rush Hour, and we are welcoming on Josh Applebaum here, ladies and gentlemen. And before we bring him on, I want to tell you, if you want to hear more from Josh, make sure you check out the VEASAN Market Insights Podcast. And in this daily podcast, VEASAN's reporter, Josh Applebaum, explains the ups and downs of the sports betting markets, how the line movements and odds changes and translates into smarter handicapping and winning wagers. Josh is a noted contrarian better. And he watches the market movement of games closely to find betting value when public betting money shifts the odds and betting lines to a favorable position. So download the VEASAN Market Insights Podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, make sure you catch up on every other VEASAN show as well. But once again, that's VSIN.com slash podcast. Okay, like we said, the show is Rush Hour, and it is time to welcome in one of our favorite guests, VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, at Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him on Twitter. Josh, my man, it's always a pleasure to have you on to go through really pretty much the whole board of the evening and all of those big movements. And uh, I do want to start in the NFL. We'll get to, uh, to the NBA momentarily. But, man, I mean, it's getting to about that time where we get into the draft, and there haven't been that many bets posted thus far, but one that it seems like we've seen some significant movement aside from the number one overall pick has been the first quarterback to be drafted. Now, we were talking with Thor Nystrom on the show either a week or two ago, and Malik Willis was about plus 150. Kenny Pickett was the short shot. He says, take Malik Willis. The value's not going to be there toward the combine and after. And, well, what do you know? Malik Willis now plus 110 at a lot of markets. And Kenny Pickett now comes next at plus 150. What has been your analysis for this first quarterback drafted prop thus far? Yeah, Danny, it's great to be with you. Happy Thursday, my man. You're totally right. You know, we don't have the full menu of all the betting props for the draft. So I'm waiting for those to drop as we get closer and closer and go through the combine. It's interesting. You can bet on, you know, the 40 times in the three cone drill. There are some props out there for the combine. If you do your due, digital, uh, due diligence, Danny, uh, but we talked earlier, you know, last time I was with you, Danny, we talked about number one overall pick Evan Neal, uh, big closing line value here. You know, we got to wait and see. He hopefully he goes one in cashes. But we talked about him plus 175. Now he's a big favorite around minus 140 at some shops. So holding that Neil ticket. And now I'm looking at the first quarterback selected market. So Danny, as you all know, we're on Twitter every day. And really today it blew up uh, about how Kenny Pickett's hands are really small. So he measured at eight and a half inches hand size. And really that's the smallest in the NFL by far. Uh, you look at the current quarterback uh, hand sizes in the NFL. The smallest right now would be Taysom Hill at eight, uh, eight inches, uh, 8.75 inches, basically. Now, Joe Burrow is a great player. He's nine inches. He's on the smaller end as well. Patrick Mahomes, 9.25. The largest hands are Jordan Love, 10.5 inches. But whole point thing here, Danny, is, you know, you're seeing two different things happening. Number one, this Kenny Pickett news is, I think, maybe going to scare off some NFL, uh, you know, executives trying to draft him high. You know, he opened at, as the first quarterback selected around a minus 120 favorite. You've now seen him fall today based on these uh, reports that his hands are really small. Now he's plus 150. So with Pickett falling because of the hand size, he's also a little bit older. I think he's 24 years old. Uh, you're also seeing uh, Malik Willis rise. So Malik Willis is the guy that I would be targeting right now. You heard that Malik Willis had a really good uh, senior bowl. A lot of times if you show out in the senior bowl where, you know, a lot of these NFL teams and coaches are hanging around these players and giving good reviews. So Malik Willis really blew up the Liberty quarterback in the senior bowl. So Mal uh, Malik Willis is up. Kenny Pickett is down. I look for some plus money here. To me, Willis would be the play to be first quarterback selected. 
Uh, Pickett could be a guy maybe who falls a little bit. The Saints are picking 18th. Maybe if with that hand size issue, you'd rather play indoors than outdoors. So maybe he gets down to around 18, 19, 20. Uh, but to me, Danny, the play here is based on the news today. It's kind of crazy to think about, but Malik Willis would be my first quarterback selected prop bet at plus 110. I was going to say, it's so ridiculous how everybody just goes nuts when something like that gets <laughs> announced by Schefter or Field Yates. But look, you're right. As crazy as it may seem, that's what these GMs actually look into, among many other crazy things, and that's where the odds have shifted now. And, you know, if you still want to get involved, Willis plus 110 could be a good look, as Josh was alluding to. But, yeah, Josh, I mean, we don't really have anything else posted as of this moment. Well, I'm sure we'll get some soon here, probably coming next week, and I'm excited to get more to that with you in terms of the NFL draft. But let's go ahead and move on to the NBA tonight. Some exciting games to look forward to. Uh, really quick, I did just want to throw out there, Trey Young is going to play against the Bulls. The line went now from Chicago minus one and a half to Chicago plus one and a half. So now it flipped upon that news of Trey Young being available. But Josh, I want to talk about your Celtics to kick things off. This game is so perplexing to me. There's been big line movement in favor of your Boston Celtics. I'm kind of looking at it, though, aside from the line movement. I'm going, look, and it's not because recency bias with Memphis. I just think they match up fairly well. But Memphis opened as high as three, and now you're seeing all this love go to Boston despite Jalen Brown not playing. Yeah, it's really perplexing, Danny. So you know me by now. One of my favorite systems is this dog-to-fave line move flip. You actually saw last night the Indiana Pacers were in this spot. And to me, anytime you open as like a two-point dog or a three-point dog, you flip to a two-point favorite. That's really meaningful because it takes a lot of big money to flip the designation of who should be favored. So those are always meaningful to me. Uh, and really, the Boston Celtics meet this uh, this system tonight. As you mentioned, Danny, they open as a three-point dog. Public is hammering the Grizzlies. How can you not? They've been awesome this year. If you look at their record and their ATS record, you know, 43-20 and 20 straight up. They're 42-21 and 21 ATS. They win and they cover, you know, two-thirds of their games here. So how do you not take them as a short dog? However, one of the earliest things I learned, Danny, is if it looks fishy, doesn't make sense. I want to be on the fishy side. It may not make sense to me, but it makes sense to people who are much smarter than me, Billy Walters types, who are you know moving these numbers and have respect to the books. So the Celtics opening getting three, they flip to a two and a half point favorite. To me, I even like them more because it really doesn't make sense. If Jalen Brown is out, one of your best <laughs> players, and John Morant is on a tear, then why on earth is this line going to the Celtics? So in situations like this, you know, uh, you could make a case that Grizzlies now getting two and a half could be a buy low value play, but I don't like to go against these moves, Danny. You know, the Grizzlies could win outright. You know, they could cover this number, but this is a system play that I will play every single time. Uh, give me the Celtics on the money line. I bet them a little bit earlier today uh, around minus 130. I knew, I was like, this is going to be the perfect night to talk to Josh because I'm looking at this game and I'm like, not only was it a big movement, but it's with his Celtics and I'm just like scratching my head going, okay, I can see the movement going there. It's not surprising. They're at home. They've been playing very well as of late, but that much just seemed very intense. And you're right, though. I mean, if it seems fishy more often than not, you know, you don't want to be on the wrong side if it's too good to be true, getting points with the Grizzlies. So I'm probably going to stay away, but that will be a fun one to see what actually comes to fruition. Uh, Josh, another game that has seen some movement, so to speak. How about the Mavericks and Warriors? Golden State's been kind of in a bad stretch here lately, and they're catching a point and a half on the road against Dallas. And with the Mavericks coming off a nice win against the Lakers, and here they are as a short home favorite. Do we believe in Luka and company in this game? So I do, Danny, tonight. This is kind of a carbon copy of that Celtics game. If you like the spot the Celtics are in from a line movement standpoint, you like the spot that the Mavericks are in because same sort of thing. This game actually opened 
you know, Warriors on the road laying two points. Big majority of bets are still on the Warriors, even though that they've really hit, as you mentioned, Danny, a tough patch recently. They're only two and six their last 10. I, personally, I think they are really missing Draymond Green and Iguodala, some of their glue guys who don't really fill the stat sheet, but once they're gone, you really lose a lot of your defensive intensity. So same thing here. Again, Warriors open as a favorite. The line is now flipped to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, minus one and a half after opening at plus two. Another dog to fave system match here. Uh, Dallas has been great at home, 20 and 11. Also, we talk about trending in different directions. Golden State, two and six, their last 10. Dallas, eight and two, their last 10. And then another kind of fishy thing, Danny, Clay Thompson got upgraded a probable here. So you would think if Clay Thompson is in one of the best shooters in the NBA, you would think that maybe that line will go further to the Warriors, but it didn't. It still continued to go to the Mavericks here. So sign me up for another money line play here on the Mavericks on that dog to fave uh, line move. All right, Josh, about 90 seconds remaining. Let's go to college basketball and some Big Ten action. Michigan fighting for their tournament lives tonight, and they're a two-point favorite against a red-hot Iowa Hawkeyes team who on any given night can just go off and make you pay for it. But what are we thinking here with the spread at two in favor of the Wolverines? So I'm going to go Michigan here, Danny, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. A desperate team at home, you know, obviously playing for uh, for a spot here in the tournament. You got to do well in your conference tournament because their record right now is really not very impressive. You had Juwan Howard obviously get suspended, uh, and they're only 16 and 12 on the year, 12 and 16 ATS. So desperate spot here for Michigan. But what I like in terms of assistant play is an unranked home favorite versus a ranked opponent. If Iowa has the better record, they're 21 and 8, uh, 16 and 12 Michigan, and they're ranked 24th and Michigan is unranked then why did Michigan open as a one and a half or one point favorite and become more of a favorite? They're now up to minus two. So I like this spot here for Michigan. It's just kind of a fishy move for me. Once again, Danny, they are the better field goal shooting team. They're 10 and four at home, Iowa. You're worried about their offense, but they're only five and five on the road. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll go the desperate team here with kind of a fishy number. Uh, give me Michigan here. Another money line play for me on a short number. Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him on Twitter. And like we said at the beginning of the segment, check out the Beeson Market Insights podcast. Josh, my man, thank you as always for making some time and best of luck with all your plays this evening. Appreciate it, Danny. Hey, I wish we were in Vegas to see my Bruins play the Knights tonight. Let's go, Bees. Oh, I know. That would have been beautiful, man. Hey, I like your Bruins tonight. I know Josh is on them, too. The Bruins have been a hot team. They did us well the last game. And look, VGK's kind of been a fishy team to trust. So that's a good team in Boston. Bruins could be a decent look. We'll get more hockey action later in the show with Andy McNeil. But in between, Danielle Elvari will be joining us talking all things L.A. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, back at it. It is Rush Hour. Here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can give me a follow on the tweets at DannyBurke5 and for VEASAN at VEASAN Live. And a big shout-out to Josh Applebaum for joining us last segment. Always love going through some of the top market movers 
for the slate of the night, whether it was, I mean, even in the future with NFL Draft, but also in the NBA and a little bit of college basketball, which we're going to talk about furthermore here with host of the Los Angeles City Cast, Danielle Alvari. Folks, you can give her a follow on Twitter at Danielle Alvari. And Danielle, you know, if we got you on, that means there's probably a Lakers game tonight and we can hear you kind of just laugh at how comical this team is and maybe what type of betting stances you have revolved around them. But it's even more fascinating because, well, it's the Lakers and Clippers this evening and both have been underwhelming to say the least and they've both been dealing with injuries. And in this spot, we do see the Clippers, Danielle's a two and a half point favorite, total at about 220. Are you doing anything in this game? Are you putting on your hazmat suit? Or are you just like completely staying away from it? Well, the way that I like to bet the NBA in general right now, but especially the Lakers games is live. And so that's what I'm going to be looking to do. I do think the Clippers are the side to look at here, but I don't want to lay two and a half with them, especially because just last week when they played them on February 25th, the Clippers were one and a half point dogs. So all of a sudden now they're two and a half point favorites. I get why we're seeing how the Lakers are really skidding right now. They're 27 and 34. They've covered zero times since they've been back from the all-star break and two out of the seven of their last games. That's it. It's really just, they go when LeBron goes the two times they did cover before the break First, Utah, a really good team that they've actually beaten twice and a two point loss to the Warriors. So LeBron gets up for the games that he wants to get up for. Right? So when I had JVT on actually Jonathan Von Tobel from VEASAN to discuss this on the podcast, he said it's really hard to just gauge LeBron's engagement on a game to game basis. And so that makes it really hard to bet on the Lakers, especially pre flops. So once you're kind of in game, you can see how things are going. I think that the Clippers play harder in this rivalry game, if you call it that. Uh, but if it is a rivalry game, it's not a very good one because the Clippers have won the last six and it just seems like it means more to them. They play harder and the Lakers and maybe they have better role players too. have been really kind of succeeding this season without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So I think that this is the Clippers again here, but it's pretty embarrassing for the Lakers if they get beat seven times in a row. Yeah, but I mean, it would just not be shocking based on what we've seen. But you're right. Can you even call it a rivalry? Because it's pretty apparent that the Clippers do get up for this game. And hence probably why we see them as a small favorite, among many other reasons. But yes, the logical way to go it uh, to go about it, probably waiting for the in-game bet, which I know you always do with this Lakers team. And Daniel, speaking of the Lakers, I think it was maybe about a week, week and a half ago. I was looking at some of these futures in terms of the yes or no to make the postseason. And the yes was 2-1, to one, plus 200 for the Lakers to make the postseason. Well, since then, they've lost their last three games. And now the yes is plus 140 for whatever reason. I guess people are giving it attention. And the Clippers, for example, are minus $2 to make the postseason. Now, this isn't just to get to the playing game. You'd have to get past that and be the top eight teams. Uh, would you rather, I guess I'll ask you this, would you rather take the Clippers no plus 150 to miss the playoffs or the Lakers yes plus 140 to make the playoffs? Oh man, this team goes when LeBron goes. It really depends on where AD is at too, because I don't think LeBron can right. do this by himself. We know he's out for several more weeks, so it's hard to say in this moment. Uh, but it, I mean, I weirdly feel like I would rather bet on the Clippers at this point to, to miss, I guess. I don't know. It's tough to say because also they may be getting Paul George back in the mix. There's just too many missing pieces that are big pieces. Anthony Davis, Paul George. Um, but yeah, for me, it, the Lakers are not a team that I want to bet on right now. If anything, I had a friend ask me about betting on the Lakers to miss the playoffs about what a week ago, maybe I think it was that even money. And I said, yeah, I don't hate that. 
Yeah, and, and like I was saying, when it was at like plus 200, I thought it would maybe be worth the look because the value at 2 to one's not bad, and LeBron James in a double elimination potentially with a weak Western Conference could be worth the shot. Now, I'm not saying I bet it, and I especially wouldn't take it now with just plus 140 after they've lost three games. So I, I think you're right there. I mean, in the Clippers, too, we don't know about their injury situation, and for them to get above the Timberwolves and then – uh, who else is up there? You get the, obviously, the Lakers, Clippers, Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans are kind of a mess right now, too. But, yeah, I think those two teams are, are really but in a still fascinating in it spot. I know. It makes no sense, right? I mean, that's just the Western Conference for you right now as of this point. I mean, six seed and beyond, you're pretty stacked there. But the rest of the way, nothing too great. And that leads me into my next question then, which we were discussing yesterday. Western Conference Futures, odds, any team worth the play. The Warriors, Suns, both the short shots at plus 175. Personally, I thought if you're looking for your best bank for your buck, Utah 7-1, maybe Nuggets 14-1. How do you view this conference? I, I do like that. I don't I don't hate the Utah play here. I am baffled by the fact that, I mean, just the matchup, I guess, is, wasn't very favorable for them versus the Lakers because the Lakers were able to take them down twice. Um, but I do like the idea of backing them here, especially as a little bit longer shot. It's not something, you know, I don't play futures a lot, Danny. So we'll take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I don't think that there's anybody who's blowing me out of the water in terms on the side of the West, even in those top six. Yeah, and it's really just because it's not that you don't trust Phoenix, probably. I mean, you're missing Chris Paul. You'll get him mm -hmm. back. You'll be okay. Golden State, if you get Draymond back, Clay in the mix, they'll be fine. But the value just really isn't there with most of these teams. And the Grizzlies... Danielle, I kind of think they're just a year too early right now. And aside from John Morant, they don't really yes. have a perennial score. Do, are you buying the hype on the Grizzlies, or do you think it's a little bit too premature as well? No, I'm with you. I think they're just a tad early. But how fun is this team to watch right now? And they're super fun to bet on as well because they keep getting underestimated in a lot of regards. Yeah, I mean, tonight they're catching points. Big line movement. We were just talking about that with Josh, so that'll be fun to see what they can do against Boston. But you're right. I mean, Memphis, a very fun team to watch. Morant's going off on a nightly basis. But, yeah, maybe just a little bit too early in terms of trusting them to come out of the West. Uh, Danielle, aside from the NBA, we know that you love betting college hoops, and uh, your squad's going to be looking for some revenge on Saturday as they take on the Trojans once again. Now it's a little bit too early to see, at least from what I've looked at, uh, for where these lines can be posted at. Where do you think the spread's going to be listed at, and then how would you bet it based on your numbers? So first of all, I do not love betting college basketball, but here we are. And I know that you don't either. I know from Twitter that no. you are a huge, not, <laughs> not a fan of betting on college athletes for whatever reason. I can't imagine why. But when we look at this game, the last time that UCLA and USC played, UCLA was a one and a half point favorite. That was at the Galen Center at USC. So you would expect them to be even more favored here at Poly Pavilion. That said, these are rivalry games and they tend to be pretty close games. Now, USC has won. I forget how many straight they're like the Clippers in this situation. They've won a bunch of these straight. They probably wouldn't like that comparison, but that's where we're at. Uh, but the Lakers, uh, or excuse me, the UCLA Bruins here. I think this is going to be their game. The last time these two teams played uh, UCLA shot less than 30%, 29.7, which is just an aberration. It's kind of out of the normal for them. They have struggled on offense throughout the season, but what's going to win them is also what kept it so close last time. It was 67 to 64, as you can see there. So Three-point game, despite the fact that they only shot less than 30%. Tiger Campbell was their lead scorer with 27 points. Next high score was 12 points below them with Johnny Juzang, or 15 points, actually. He only had 12 points. Um, so UCLA being able to keep that within three points at USC, 
now keep in mind, USC obviously did not have Isaiah Mobley, who's their best player playing in that game. So that's something to keep in mind. He's going to be back in the mix. I think UCLA's kind of righted the ship with its offense in the last couple games. Um, and I do think that they're just more consistent on defense. They take care of the ball better. They had half the turnovers in the last game. They out-rebounded them. They had 18 to 9 on offensive rebounds. So UCLA is the stronger team here. You'll see that reflected in the spread. But because it's a rivalry game and a lot of tension is going to be on the line, you better believe USC is going to want to sweep them. And they've been able to in seasons past. I'd rather be on the USC side of things if I'm getting points. Oh, okay. Hey, look, if Danielle's going against her alma mater, you got to look into that. I mean, it's going to be a fun Oh, no, I'm going Bruins Moneyline. <laughs> oh, you're going Bruins Moneyline. Okay. So you're not going full in on the Trojans then? Depending on where the spread is, I guess. We'll I'm, have to wait I'm and see. making a recommendation. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get you. You're rolling with your squad, rightfully so. I get it. I get it. No problem. But, uh, Danielle, I do. We got about, like, 30 seconds. I know you don't love futures, but Pac-12 tournament odds – Arizona's even money, your Bruins plus 175, Oregon 8 to 1, USC 9 to 1. Anything you'd maybe dabble with? I like how you're talking about futures like this isn't next week. This is a future I can get on board with, okay? <laughs> Just one week ahead. That's my kind of future. Uh, UCLA and Arizona at the top, obviously, there. Arizona seems like the best team, obviously, right now, but not a ton of value. For Oregon at 8 to 1, not as exciting, but better value than Arizona or UCLA, and they kind of have more to play for here. Uh, they could be sneaky good and maybe sneak and win this tournament. I like it. All right, Danielle. Well, hey, like you were saying about me, good luck betting these college kids. College football, not as bad, but college basketball, my God, it'll make you rip your hair out. But thanks as always, Danielle, and best of luck with your plays. Thanks, Danny. At Danielle Elvari, where you can follow her on Twitter. Remember to catch the Los Angeles City Cast. Host that several episodes a week, all things L.A. Coming up next, we're talking puck with our guy, Andy McNeil. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. No more football, no problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. So don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials, or you could try your hand at live player props or even same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Okay, final segment here on Rush Hour. It's time to talk some more hockey. And for that, we're bringing in VEASAN's NHL betting expert, Andy McNeil, at Digital Gambler, where you can follow him on Twitter. And, of course, if you subscribe to VEASAN, you can check out his daily write-ups covering every game throughout the hockey slate. And we got a sizable one for this evening. So, Andy, thank you for being with us. Excited to look through these games with you. And I want to start off with one of the games that you did have some skin in for that write-up at VEASAN, and this is the Ottawa Senators-Florida Panthers matchup. Now, Florida's a very big favorite, minus 385, a high total, too, at about 7. You still like the Panthers here, but naturally you're not going to lay that much, so you're looking at the puck line for this game. Is that right? Yeah, I, well, I think the Panthers should be priced north, slightly north of minus 500 on the money line wow. and laying the puck line at minus 150. Uh, I've got a smaller bet on that. It's not a, a full-size uh, wager, but um, I do think there's some value there. Florida has lost three games in a row. They're going to be hungry tonight. Uh, the Senators are getting some reinforcements with uh, Josh Norris uh, making his return to the lineup, and he, he's arguably their best, one of their best defensemen, um, and uh, he's going to give them a boost. But the, the Panthers have been dangerous. Despite losing three in a row, they've been outplaying teams badly. They've been dominating teams uh, for, you know, the, the entire season, and they're going to be hungry tonight. So um, I, I had no problem. I was very comfortable laying $1.50, $1.55 even to, to win a dollar here on the Panthers to cover the, the one-and-a-half goal puck line. All right, Andy, I want to move on to a matchup down in Sin City. The Bruins going to Vegas, and Boston is a minus-110 favorite. VGK about minus-106 at Bet River. So basically a pick em. And this total at five and a half. Now, I originally didn't want to touch this game because I didn't know if Swayman was going to be in the net, but looks like he's going to be starting. And man, that guy's been a stud as of late. And for VGK, well, Leonard's been pretty volatile. And I don't know. I, I don't really trust his VGK team too much. I didn't get involved with Boston. I certainly lean that way. I'm kind of waiting to hear your analysis. So what do you think happens in this matchup? Well, uh, the early bird gets the worm in, in this one, and uh, it's um, you know unfortunate because by the time I was able to, to post uh, the NHL betting market report uh, this morning, the the Bruins had already uh, moved to to being the favorite uh, at most sports books, and that's the case now. Uh, earlier, I was able to bet them at even money, up to minus one hundred five, and there was some shops that that were was still dealing uh, minus one hundred five throughout throughout parts of the day, but. Like you said, they they've moved to the the favorite, uh, the deciding or the decisive favorite here. 
uh, at most sports books. Um, definitely Bruins are nothing in this game. Uh, they've been playing great. Their schedule has been easy lately, so we want to see them uh, defeat and dominate a few a few more of the, the tougher teams before we get too excited. But um, like you said, Swayman is in goal, and he's been playing lights out. He's got a 929 save percentage on the season, I believe, but he's been better than that uh, over his last five starts, and um, the Bruins are, are really riding that wave. Obviously, Vegas is without Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, uh, who will be out for a while, and Pacioretty's return uh, isn't going to be anytime soon by the by the sounds of things. So, you know, for a Vegas Golden Knights team that's been struggling on offense, uh, going up against Jeremy Swayman, who's, who's been very good, and, and a Bruins team that's been very good, it's not a great matchup uh, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Andy, this VGK team is still as low as 8-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup. Do you think that's more so of where the books have liability or the expectations that when they get healthy, they can make a deep run in the postseason? Yeah, well, I, you know, they've, they've got a, a very good chance of making the playoffs. It's, it's not a guarantee, or that, that's for sure. But, um, you know, they should be able to finish out the season strong enough to, uh, to find themselves in the, the playoff picture. Um, and uh, once they're healthy, uh, this team should be among the elite teams in the NHL. They, they have the ability to do so. They're a totally different team, uh, you know, with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty on the ice. And then you add in Jack Eichel. They, they should be just fine, but um, definitely shop around uh, if and uh, look for the, the best price that's available um, if, if you are going to back the Vegas Golden Knights at this point. Otherwise, I would say, you know, I do think they will be uh, they will live up to that price come playoff time, um, but uh, you know they could have some struggles over the next couple of months, and maybe that maybe something affects that price. All right, well, let's talk about another team that's at the top of the ranks in terms of shortest Stanley Cup futures odds, and that's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. And tonight, Andy, they're taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and at home, Tampa Bay minus buck seventy five. Pittsburgh catching about plus 148. Total at six, a little bit of juice to the over. Anything that was worth a play in this game that you saw? It's Pittsburgh or nothing to me. And maybe I'm, you know, not uh, accounting for just how poorly the Penguins have been playing uh, as of late. I, I like to think I am, um, but the Lightning have been very good lately. So there's definitely, uh, you know, recency bias driving the odds in this one. I've, I've seen some handicappers suggest that the Lightning should be priced as high as minus 190. I don't really agree with that. Um, Tristan Jerry's been very good this season. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky is a brick wall, but at plus 150 or, or better, I think uh, the Penguins have all the value here. But it's uh, it's it's definitely not a strong play by any means. <clears throat> All right, Andy, we've been talking about futures a little bit in a team that I'm a big fan of by default now are the Carolina Hurricanes. I snagged them at about 11-1 to win the Cup last week or so, and now they're down to 8-1. to They've been a really hot team, but maybe not the most favorable matchup tonight. They're on the road against Washington. Hurricanes still favorite, though, minus 127. And, Andy, for whatever reason, this Washington Capitals team, their home and road splits are so odd. I mean, they've been doing really well on the road, but for whatever reason at home, they've been struggling. You think the struggles continue tonight? Yeah, losers of uh, six straight at home, they they will lose this game more often than not. But I think it's going to be a, a pretty close game. They've got Vitek Vanacek uh, back in the crease. He was hurt for a little while. So, you know, hopefully he comes back and has a, a good performance. But the big story here is they're getting Anthony Mantha, or at least they should get 
Anthony Mantha back in the lineup tonight. He's going to make his season debut. He was the big piece that the Capitals acquired in, in the trade with the Detroit Red Wings that saw Jacob Verana go to Detroit. So uh, Mantha's definitely going to give this team a boost, uh, assuming he can come in and play meaningful minutes. But um, the, the Capitals, I, they're a team that intuitively, I think they will really play strong down the stretch. They were playing really good hockey uh, to start the season, and that was when they were missing players like TJ Oshie and Nicholas Backstrom. Um, you know, now they've got those players back, and they've been struggling, and a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, some goaltending issues. Um, but, it, you know, this team should be better than they are. I, I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they will uh, They will collapse uh, in the way that some people are predicting they will, but... Uh, that remains to be seen, obviously. As far as tonight goes, I don't think they should be priced any any worse than plus 110. Gotcha. Yeah, Washington, I mean, they're still a gritty team every season. And right when you're about to count them out, that's when they usually do something pretty impressive. So maybe it starts tonight, carries on to the postseason. But nevertheless, a solid game between those two squads. And I want to leave you with one final game to handicap in our neck of the woods. The Blackhawks hosting the Oilers tonight. Edmonton a minus 160 or right about their road favorite. Looks like you're going to get Flurry in the net tonight. And his home and road split's not that great. And obviously, in general, it hasn't been that studly. But uh, the return of Duncan Keith tonight, you saw him doing the, the sticks and creating the little walkway for him. It was really neat to see that. Do you think that he gets a little bit of revenge here and the Edmonton Oilers can handle business? Yeah, I think I'm more often than not, I think the the Oilers will win this game. They're the, the superior team. But, um, you know, I think what's overshadowing Keith's return to Chicago is the fact that Jonathan Taves is expected to be back in the yeah. lineup tonight. So that'll that will give the, the Blackhawks a big boost. I thought the Oilers should be priced around minus 135, um, you know, uh, before that news. And, and now that Taves is going to be back in the lineup, uh, I, I think they should be priced closer to minus 120. But, um, you know, it's it's a big thing here is the fact that the, the Oilers don't have Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Jesse Puliarvi. So they're missing, you know, two players that are typically in their top six. And uh, for a team that, you know, has been pretty atrocious on defense and has uh, had their fair share of problems in, in the crease, um, they, they can't really afford to be missing some important uh, forwards. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Oilers uh, or the, the Blackhawks sorry, ruin Duncan Keith's return to Chicago tonight. But uh, it, it should be a close game. Awesome. Well, hey, Andy, we are up against it. That's going to do it for us. But thank you for making some time tonight. And again, like we always say, best of luck with all your plays, my man. For sure. You too. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Big shout out to Andy McNeil and everybody else for joining us. Shout out to you for joining us here on Rush Hour. Again, our play, Levine over his points prop. Best of luck, folks. Until tomorrow, take care. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.